is September of 1969. Young preacher boy gets to stand up the first time at the Volunteer of America's Mission down in Skid Row in Denver, Colorado to preach his very, very first message. Now, 55 years later, Pastor Decker's given me the opportunity to speak one more time. Like the man who said, ain't God good? What a joy it is. He said, I'm going to preach out of a place that you all read all the time. Uh, he, he, got, he got me wrong. I told him I was going to just come out of a familiar portion of God's word. It won't take any time at all to find it. Uh, if you would, just turn with me to the Song of Solomon, chapter number 4, please. I know you can find that real quick like in your Bible. You read it all the time. Some of you got verse after verse of it just put to memory. I wanted to title this message. A title I didn't give it. I gave a title to Bush today. He'll see it when I show it up here in a minute. I wanted to title it, Mary, Mary, Quite Contrary, How Does Your Garden Grow? That's what I wanted to title it, but I didn't do that. But I want you to read a few verses with me, uh, if you would. Uh, it says, simply says this in verse number 12. I want to, we'll start reading there, and then we'll talk about chapter 4 just a little bit in a minute. But in verse number 12, the Bible says, A garden enclosed is thy sister, my spouse, a spring shut up, a, st- a fountain sealed. Thy plants are an orchard of pomegranates with pleasant fruits, Campshire with spikenard. Spikenard and saffron, calamus and cinnamon, with all trees of frankincense, myrrh and aloes, with all the chief spices. A fountain of gardens, a well of springing of living waters, and streams from Lebanon. Awake, O north wind, and come thou south, blow upon my garden, that the spices thereof may grow out, blow, flow out. Let my beloved come into his garden and eat his pleasant fruits. Verse number 16 says, Awake, O north wind, and come thou south, blow upon my garden, that the spices may flow out. I want you to pray with me, and I want you to ask the Holy Spirit of God to touch your heart tonight, and to use me as I preach my 55th year of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Please pray with me. Father God Almighty, you're so very, very good to all of us. What a wonderful, beautiful song the Wanda just sang and how truth it is. I'm not ashamed of you, Lord. None of us are. But we want you to meet with us here tonight. I thank you for the way you met with us this morning. Thank you for the way you blessed Brother Decker. Thank you for our church and our people. But Lord, we need to understand something about our garden, something about ourselves. Help me to preach the truth of your word tonight. Use me for your honor and for your glory, I do pray. In Jesus' precious name, amen. You know, the Song of Solomon is God's love story to those that he has bought with his own blood. It is God's love story to some that he loves more than we can probably ever understand. And because of the wicked carnal minds that we have, when we do read the Song of Solomon, we read it wrong. We don't realize that this God poured out his love 
as only God can love us. And only God can understand us and say the thing he does. But here in chapter 4, the first 11 verses, we see the groom describing the bride on their wedding night. And he gives a pretty graphic description of the bride. And we're not going to read and study and look at that tonight. But it's just the truth of how he sees his bride and how he loves his bride and what he cares for his bride. He only sees beauty. He only sees grace. He only sees somebody that he loves with a love that cannot end. What a picture of what the Lord sees in us when we put on his righteousness. What a picture he sees of us when we allow him to see us walking the way he wants us to walk. What a picture he sees of us in our beauty, the beauty he wants us to see. The beauty that we were able to receive that day that we confessed our sins completely to him, bowed our heart before him, and just asked him to save our wretched, wicked soul. And in that period of time, he did something to us that nobody else could do. He changed us from a hell-bound sinner to a heaven-bound saint. And that's what he sees here. And to him, it's lovely, it's beautiful, and it's sweet. That's the picture he sees as we put on his righteousness. For example, look at the book of Jude when he says, Now unto him that is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, and whose glory be glory and majesty, dominion and power forever. Amen. Verses 12 through 15 pictures the bride as a garden with a kind of sweet fragrance. He gives a picture very clearly, but there's a problem. Look at this again with me in verse number 12. A garden. Look what it says. What's the next word there? Uh Uh-oh. A garden enclosed is my sister, my spouse, a spring. What does it say next? Shut up. A fountain sealed. Here's a garden. It's got all kinds of sweet Wonderful smelling fragrances. Here's a garden that is a delight to walk in, to sit in, to delight yourself in. But it's closed up. It's closed up tight and giving no fragrance to any place at all. I come in here on a Sunday morning and I walk back there to the kitchen. And I see you people come in one at a time. And you're coming into God's garden. We come in and we sit in this place and the fragrance is so sweet, is it not? Everything smells good. We love it. We love one another. We have great joy one with another. We sit there talking one with another. We're comfortable. We're at peace. The world is shut out. And that's what we've done. God says, nobody can smell it. Nobody gets a thing. It's a glorious smell. It's a smell that we enjoy every week. It's a joy that we sit here and we get things that the, this world does not get. It's a pleasure that we enjoy beyond pleasures 
It's a joy to come to church. I've been coming to church for 55 years. It's the delight of my life every week long, every day long. It's what makes the week worthwhile. It's what makes the joy to my life. It smells good, it's sweet, and the fragrance is wonderful. But it's shut up. So God does something about it. Our fragrance needs to be released, doesn't it? We've been brought with, a garden's given no fragrance. We have been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. And we need something to happen to us. We are a garden. We smell great. We have what the world needs to hear and smell and see. And understand and feel and realize what it is and what joy it is. But it's closed up. Scar so says, why don't we do something about it? So he puts one more verse in there. And this is a verse I'm going to preach on to you tonight. Look at the last verse. Awake, O north wind, and come thou south, blow upon my garden, that the spices thereof may flow out. Let my beloved come into his garden and eat his pleasant fruits. You see, God's saying, we need to let this garden, we need to let this fragrance be released. We need to see a wonderful re- response. Nothing is worse than the dead calm of indifference. I remember something happened to me one time at Fairview Baptist Church that I'll never forget. I was doing just like I do to you folks every single Saturday morning beg you to do things. And I got to preach one time, and I preached on the simple fact that Pastor Decker, this is a while back, I got to preach on the fact that there may come a day when they come through that door right back there and take me out of the pulpit. I was Paul as a pastor, put chains on me, take me to jail, and put me in jail for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that day may come. I said that, and after the service, I'm standing there, and a lady walked up to me and shook my hand and said, Pastor Schmidt, you know, if that happens, I'll come visit you. Whoopee. Yeah, we're laughing, but that's how we are. We're laughing, but we're indifferent. We're laughing, but that world out there is dying. We're laughing, but we don't have time for Saturday morning. We don't even have time. Okay, so you can't make a Saturday morning, so you're scared. But what about at your workplace? What about every day at your job? What about every, every time? Uh, you're, you're the only garden that the world's got. You're the only fragrance the world is going to smell. You're the only thing that God is going to put out. Because when he came into you, he let you have that fragrance. When he came, he put something special in you. And there's something in you that can and will work if we let it go. So God says, you won't let it go? Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to blow the north wind on you. I'm going to let the north wind. Do you wonder why you have trouble? Do you wonder why things come into your life? I'll tell you why. God says, okay, you won't serve me. It's just like I've been teaching out the 11th chapter of the book of Zechariah. You won't come unto me. You won't listen to me. I'll just blow a wind on you that will shake you up just a little bit. I told this morning about the fact as a young boy when I was 17 years old, I worked on a 15,000 acre sheep ranch up in the northern part of Nebraska. 
in Feb January, February, March, April, and May of 1960. That's why I joined the Navy. It was 28 below zero sitting on that farm taking care of those sheep out there. There was a wind blowing, and guess what that wind did? The farmer would say, okay, Butch, get out there. You've got to feed those sheep. I'll tell you what, those sheep got fed quick. <laughs> those sheep got fed fast. It was cold. Listen, God's just pouring a cold wind on you. God's putting, putting a cold wind of conviction on each and every one of us. We all, every one of us know uh, that we need to get our hearts right and get working for God in the little bit of time that we've got left. I've got 28 days and I'll be 81 years of age. My body's failing me. It bothers me that my legs are quitting working. But Jesus will never fail me. I've been invited to preach next Sunday night. I sat with my heart doctor. Oh, we ought to be afraid of doctors. My wife was sitting there with me. He told me I was going to have to have some surgery. I says, okay. And I said, doctor, here's, here's the thing. I'm going to preach twice in the next two weeks. Are you going to come and listen to me? And he got out his phone and put the dates in that I'm preaching tonight and next Sunday. And he says, I will be there one of those two nights, Pastor Schmidt. Uh, so you pray that my doctor comes. Oh, but we can't do that. I'm sorry, but there was a north wind blowing on me. There was a north wind blowing on me there. There's a north wind that wouldn't let my mouth shut. There's a north wind that says, tell him, talk to him. It may be your last chance. Folks, there's a north wind out there. North wind wants to blow conviction on you. God says, you're a garden. You have all the frankincense and the myrrh and the clothes and that which will touch their hearts. But it's enclosed. But I'm going to blow the wind on you. My wife and I pray for you guys every single day. We don't just pray for the church. We pray for you by name. And there are days that I pray, Lord, work on their heart. Give them conviction in their life. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm not supposed to do that. But God's got to do something in our church to work on. We've got a preacher back there that loves you and prays for you and works for it after you. He's got a wife that... It's actually burning out her life. He is too for this church and you people. We sit enclosed. God says, maybe it's time I don't let you sleep. Maybe it's time conviction comes on your heart. Maybe it's time you get stirred in your life to do something for God other than just get up and we have so much. I get so mad sometimes. I was reading my thing the other day, and one of the Hollywood people was having a divorce, and they were having a custody battle with their children. And he won the custody battle on, on child, uh, uh, what do you ask a child, paying for the child. And they're limiting him to $63,000 a month. And she says, I don't know if we can make it. And I wanted to throw up. That's how we are. That's how we're living. We got this almighty dollar and this 
American dream and this thing going on. And the world's marching straight to hell. The world's marching straight on their way down. Wide is the road and that leads to the path that leads to destruction. And over here is a narrow way. And the reason it's a narrow way is because there's a garden and it's got a fragrance. And it's right by that narrow path. But it's closed up. They can't smell it. Let's pray the north wind blows. Let's pray the north wind blows until it moves the garden to open up. That's what happens in spring. That's how it begins in spring. The wind begins to blow and the buds begin to come out. And they begin to go grow and begin to look around. And then they begin to see the sunshine on them. And they begin to put out their fragrance. And here comes the hummingbirds. And here come the bees. And they begin to spread it everywhere. God will use you. God will bless you. Let the north wind blow. Let the north wind move in your heart and life. Let the north wind touch you so much that you cannot. You've got to be like Jeremiah, where he walked over there and says, I'm done. I'll not say another word. But there was something began to move in his belly, and he couldn't quit. And the word touched his heart, and he had to get up and say what he had to say. That's why the Apostle Paul couldn't, couldn't quit. That's why in chapter 12 of 2 Corinthians, he tells all the things that went wrong with him and speaks about the thorn in the flesh, but he says, the grace of God is sufficient. I'll just keep moving on. That's why the psalmist writes, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of God, and in it doth he meditate both day and night. That's why the Apostle Paul said just what she's saying, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. That's why Zephaniah says, the Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. Oh Lord, just touch our hearts. Oh Lord, move in our lives. Oh, Lord, let us know that we can be something. Open up the garden. Let the north wind blow. Now let me get back to my notes. Here we are, the north wind. Oh, I thought I said something about that. You see, you never do that. You never do that. (laughs) Oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. The blast requires action. What happened to Isaiah? It was uh, 1973. You'll love this, uh, Don. Uh, Dorothy McCormick. She was Dr. Roberts' secretary before your mama. Dorothy McCormick come to me and said, Walt, I ran a dining hall there at Temple. Says we're going to do something we've never done here at Tennessee Temple. We're going to let you preach at Phillips Chapel. And I, boy, guess what happened to Walt Smith, that little student? All of a sudden, big old proud Walt. I'm going to preach. Only the morning came. and I served the dining hall. Dorothy McCormick, and you've got to see Dorothy McCormick. She's one of those ones that walk like this. She stomps. She comes stomping into the dining hall. She says, where were you? I said, what are you talking about? 
says, you were supposed to preach this morning. I said, I thought it was tonight. I'd missed it completely. So they let me, they gave me another chance to let me preach. So I went over to preach the, the next Sunday night. They gave me another night to preach over there. I went over to Phillips Chapel, the, the, the original Highland Park church. Nobody showed up. <laughs> Not a single person showed up. Lester Roloff was preached in the main chapel. Main <laughs> auditorium. They didn't want to hear Walt. Who's Walt Schmidt? This, this is just the overflow crowd. The overflow crowd went to hear Lester Roloff. They gave me a third chance. I went in a third time, and my text came out of Isaiah chapter number 1. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. They'll be red like crimson. They shall be as wool. I went back that third time. Guess what had happened to me? Twice the north wind had blown on me. Twice I thought I was somebody. The third time I went over there and 14 young people got saved. Remember that day at night? 14 young people got saved there in Phillips Chapel that night. But if you don't let the north wind blow, if you don't let God have his way in your life, if you don't get to that point in your life, you'll never get like Isaiah was six chapters later. He looks up and he says, in the year the king Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. Isaiah saw him. That north wind came crashing down on Isaiah. That north wind blew on him hard. And he fell on his face. He said, I'll go. I'll do what you want me to do. We need the north wind, folks. Let the north wind blow on you. Let the north wind open you up. Let the north wind let you begin to bloom. Let the north wind touch your heart. And when you do, then God will send the south wind. Ah, the south wind. Now that's when it gets good. You see, the south wind refreshes after the north. You've been sitting there shivering, but now God's going to, going to give you the blessings that only God can give you. Now the south wind lets you grow. The north wind wakes you up, but the south wind brings the rains. They come and it blows upon you, and you begin to bloom. And guess what happens when you begin to bloom? You begin to produce fruit. And out of that garden, all of a sudden, then not only comes the smell that's good, but the fruit begins to produce. And that which can be harvested, and that which can come to, to glory and to be, oh, we need the south wind. But the south wind will never come until the north wind is blown, until the north wind has touched your heart, moved in your life, got you to go into where you're ready to serve God. And you get out there and take that step of faith, and begin to walk and begin to do what God called you to do. And God will let the south wind blow. And the south wind will allow you to bloom. Allow you to be what you can be. Allow you to be used as God wants you to be used. Where often it will arouse your sluggish, 
sluggish life. In 2 Corinthians 5.11, and you quoted this this morning, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and trust also made manifest unto your conscience. And it gives us vitality. Oh, it's an amazing thing being a preacher. I love being a preacher. It is God called me to be it as a calling. It never goes away. It never will go away. Uh, there, there's a time that I have to quit, but I don't ever have to quit preaching until I live, 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 live. As long as the mouth works, keep going. But I'll tell you, when that south wind blows, it gives you vitality. When that south wind blows, it just wakes you up and gets you to do something. When that south wind blows, it lets you want to walk and take another step by faith and do that which you don't think you can do. That step will just move you one step further to uh, serving God in the way that he wants you to. The Bible says uh, very, very clearly in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Apostle Paul in chapter 14, chapter 12 rather, 2 Corinthians, he's beaten up. He's had so many things go wrong with him. In 26th chapter of the book of Acts, he's been before Agrippa. He's been before Festus. He's had all the things go wrong with him. He's given his testimony that all the things he's done. And then of course then he gets on the boat and he gets shipwrecked. And the ship is saved, and he ends up in Rome, ends up in prison, and then finally he meets his maker. And he, he pens that fatal last chapter, wonderful last chapter of Second Timothy. And if I, if I, he looks at Timothy and says, I charge you, therefore, before God and Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, uh, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke with all long-suffering and doctrine, for you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And he gets down to the 8th or ninth verse down there, and he says, My time has come. I've fought a good fight. I've finished the course. I've kept the faith. See the south wind had blown. It came that time for God to take him home. Therefore, there's laid up for me treasure, a crown, but not for me only but for all them that love is appearing. All me. That's how God, look what God did. I'm, I'm just ready to quit. But here's what God did when that south wind blew. On that second book of, of Acts, it blew on them up in that upper room and the Holy Spirit of God fell upon them. And Peter went out there and preached that marvelous message. He does that and they keep going on. You get over to the 11th chapter of the book of Acts. And all, they've been scattered abroad and they go up to Antioch and they're standing there. They've been scattered abroad, but they preach the word of God and people get saved and they send an offering down to that sorry church that wouldn't do anything. You see, the church in Jerusalem had closed up. They were smelling good, but they'd closed up. But that little church out there in Antioch, Agabus came down, they gave it, they, they got up, they gave, they gave an offering. What happens in the 13th chapter? Send a People come down, they look at them, Paul and Silas are down there. They send them out. Send out the first missionaries. Why? The south wind. The south wind was blowing. Oh, let the north wind blow in your heart. 
and then let that south wind come in and just soothe it and get you on fire for God and get you ready to serve him till he comes. We're a garden. We've got all the necessary ingredients. We've got all the wonderful ones that will make a garden bloom. But we're closed up. Let the north wind blow. Let the south wind blow. And just see what God will do with you. He can do great and mighty things with you. Let's pray together. Father God Almighty, I thank you so much for allowing me to preach your gospel.